Welcome to a special podcast series brought to you by the Game Sports Show, powered by the Game Entertainment and Media, and presented by TGEM Network Platform. This is the Michigan I-500 podcast series. This mini-series will get into information and interviews surrounding the 53rd year of the I-500 snow machine race, taking place in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, hosted by David McKay Jr. A winter racer's dream, and since the first race day, February 8th, 1969 has not disappointed with being the most prestigious and grueling snowmobile race in the world. The Game Sports Show and T-Gem will have you covered for all of your desired content needs. Make sure to subscribe to the T-Gem Network YouTube channel and bookmark thegamesportshow.com to not miss any content. Also, a special shout out to the Borderline Radio. Now getting to the episode within this I-500 mini podcast series recorded inside T-Gem Studios, joining host David McKegg Jr., Booyah, it's time for the Game Sports Show, powered by the Game Entertainment and Media, presented by the T-Gem Network, bringing to you a unique podcast series. Yes, I said series. This is the I-500 Snowmobile Race podcast series. Special shout out to Borderline Radio. Check out the borderline.ca for great music and podcasts, a podcast in which you can also hear on the T-Gem Network. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to the T-Gem Network, Borderline Radio platforms as well. Of course, the Game Sports Show platforms. T-Gem Network YouTube channel is a podcast and docuseries stream where you can get your full fix of podcast entertainment with T-Gem's various channels such as sports mental health music and much much more one of the only kinds of podcast tv streamings that you can find make sure you can check it out and make sure you do check it out a special shout out to adrian Balaka of the borderline huge part in this particular series and being within the tgm network within borderline as well now getting into details on this particular podcast series pretty simple Okay, it is about the I-500 snowmobile race and which takes place in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. But yes, the I-500 gets its name from, well, you know where in particular the race fans will know. And I'm sure today's first episode, it will have a guest that will dive into all of that at some point, as I mentioned, I'm sure. However, if you're not from Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, no problem. You're still able to view the I-500 because this is an event taking place in Sioux, Michigan but you can also check it out on different areas and make sure that you are involved in the action. From January 31st to February 5th, 2022, the I-500 Snowmobile Racing will be going on for its 53rd consecutive year, and the Game Sports Show, T-Gem, and Borderline will be here to cover some great content. For this week, we'll be doing uploads such as featuring interviews with riders taking part of the race, as well as some much, much more related content around the event, as well as full schedule, race info, history, plus much more content available on the i500.com website for your viewing as well. This will be a mini podcast series, so make sure you also share this around and make sure to keep tabs on all the episodes that we are going to be uploading with this mini series. Now let's get in to bringing in our guest for today's show, uh, Rick Federo. He is the chief organizer of the Michigan I-500, obviously plays a massive part in putting together this historic event. Chairman of the board, official spokesperson with the I-500 board of directors. Rick, thank you for taking the time to connect with us today on the Gain Sports Show and T-Gem. How's it going, my friend? Hey, it's going very well, and thank you for having us. Uh, we always look forward to spreading the word about this event, and you've certainly stepped it up a notch for us, and we appreciate your involvement. Thank you very much. Of course, Rick. You know, I, it was great that we connected earlier this week. This was all kind of a blitz uh, where last week we got connected through myself, Adrian, yourself, and we wanted to make sure we got this podcast series out as quick as possible. Uh, so we may only have a, a handful or so of episodes uh, that enjoyers, uh, the listeners can be able to enjoy rather, but there's going to be a lot more in the future uh, with TGEM and the coverage of the Michigan I-500. Now, Rick, I want to get right into you. Okay, topic one, let's go to you. You're the man of the hour. Well, for this show, it's about a half hour, literally speaking, but let's get right into yourself. I've stated your position, your title. You're obviously a big deal. Okay, let's put it that way. Big deal, Rick. We'll tell you. <laughs> but for the listeners, I want you to fill in our listeners overall, Rick, into uh, your whole background and just the overall history with the I-500. Sure. I'd be happy to share a little bit of information. As long as nobody sells it to anybody, we're good. And, you know, this all started back 
In the 60s for me, I used, I'm, I lived downstate of Michigan, not in the Upper Peninsula. So I traveled up here for a number of years to witness and spectate just like everybody else. Um, I, I got involved in a corporate measure and decided I'd try to step in and do some sponsorship with this race um, based on the fact that it's a total volunteer organization. Some, it's an organization that I want to be a part of. I have a lot of respect for the integrity of people who like to volunteer. So uh, my company's tied to the manufacturers as a supplier. So it was kind of a natural fit. And over the years, I had vendor uh, vendorship here. I had people coming up and working in, and I would attend the board meetings. And fortunately for me, I was asked if I wanted to be a part of this, even though I'm a guy that lives a long ways away. And uh, yeah, I stepped in and after a number of years on the board as a board member, I was uh, able to have these people have enough faith in me to ask me to be co-chair. And eventually I, I sat now in the chairman's position and rightfully so, I, I'm honored to be here. And the fact that a community like this will open up and allow me to be a part of this. And uh, as you know, youpers uh, look at people downstate as uh, trolls or trunk slammers. And I believe I have part-time residency here because I'm here so much and it just worked out really good and it's a good fit. And I love everybody. We've got a great board to work with and all the volunteers are spectacular. So that's kind of the history of my involvement. I'm a snowmobile freak. I, I ride a lot, you know, I'm, I'm not a young buck, but you know, I'm young at heart. So. That, that's my position and what I do and my involvement to begin with. You know, that's a great way to put it young at heart, you know, obviously stay that way because that is the key to success sure. in life. But now you mentioned your snowmobile background, you're a fanatic about it. You know, have you been involved with snow machining for, uh, since even when you were younger, was it something that you always did? Would you always ride when you were younger? Did you always have the competitive edge to even race? Like yeah. with a snow machine background for yourself, you obviously well, have yeah. a I had, I had great parents in my youth. My dad bought a Skidoo. Um, it was a relic. And uh, we had a field next to our house and I'd put on water skis. And my brother would tow me around the field behind the snowmobile. And eventually I was big enough where I could drive it. And God knows I had a lot of mishaps and education growing up with snowmobiling. And every year I get involved, of course, with the manufacturers. I'm riding various uh, types of vehicles all the time. And I travel a lot and enjoy northern Michigan and all its pristine trails and, and things it has to offer for snowmobiling. So, yeah, I have pretty extensive snowmobiling experience background with my family and it led me to this. See, you know what, honestly, it is exhilarating. You know, people have a passion with seeing NASCAR or they have a passion to see racing in general for snow machining or heck, go-kart racing is a thing. If you want to even look back that passion, I think came from the N64 Mario Kart. I think that's why my generation really likes it a lot. But jokes aside, doing doing this is such an exhilarating event, right? And it's been challenging times, Rick, the last 700 plus days. And we're not going to dive into why it's been challenging. I don't want to bring that term into this interview, of course, but there is obviously ways uh, that the, the Michigan I-500 can be viewed. And obviously you've had a big part and working with your volunteers that you give so much credit for. Uh, but overall for yourself, this is probably something that's highlighted on your calendar. Yeah, you know, circle on my calendar, let me tell you, it's not a monthly, it's not a you know, yearly, it's every day. <laughs> and every week I'm involved. Um, we hold meetings once a month, but that doesn't stop me from coming up here during the week. So yeah, it's on my calendar as part of my life. And I love it. It's, it's more than a passion and a hobby. It's a commitment and I wouldn't have it any other way. See, and that, and that is the true overall finding of having your passion and you've found it in there, my friend. Now, going to go over to topic number two here all right and this is i would say more the bigger bulk of the show because we're going to dive right into the whole scope of the i-500 yeah you know people can just go to the i-500.com uh, you know you've done some great radio appearances this week uh, obviously some partner shows and uh, through our good friend of the show obviously co-host of many of the game sports show shows essentially the co-president <laughs> if he, he doesn't like to have that title i don't think but scott Nason, a lot of shows that you've done uh, but 
overall, yes, people can find the information on the i500.com. Okay. Uh, they can call people around. They can just, if they've had an experience at the event, they kind of understand the format, know all this, but you know what, as the introductory show bringing you, there's no one better to really dive into and remind our viewers and listeners about what to expect for the week. All right. So the first thing I want to get into is the format of the i500, which again, all of this is found in the i500.com. But Rick, from your own words, briefly for each point that we're going to get to, the format. What well, is the format? You know what? Overall, um, first of all, it's a week-long series of events. Um, back in the day, it was just the i500. And as board of directors, we would always meet until like May, and we'd be taking off until September, and then we reconvene. Well, this thing has grown internationally. It's it's recognized as a professional event, and we can't do that anymore. We have to talk daily, sometimes daily, weekly. I mean, we meet monthly, and it's year round. And and overall, what the I five hundred does is it gives winter sports enthusiasts a vacation destination. Um, it doesn't get any better than this. Our governor proclaimed the I five hundred as Michigan's premier winter sporting event. And believe me, it's second to none, not only in Michigan, but around the world. We have the only mile oval ice track in North America. So we get participants from across the nation as far as Alaska and out west, through the Midwest, out east, and, and out through Canada. So it, the platform itself gives the people a destination, gives you snowmobile excitement in the racing arena. And we start out on Monday during race week. And of course, we put down over a million and a half gallons of water to make this track. And we, we do that starting in December and we go around the clock as much as we can right up to race day. But Monday, because of this, Monday, we open up the track to public skating. You can come and skate on the famous mile at the I-500 and no charge. It's like a pristine mirror. And the I-500 hosting it gives the participants hot dogs, hot chocolate, and those kind of things. And there's no charge for that. We have like LSSU's hockey team people who come out here and skated with the public and different groups come out and individuals. People just want to be on the track and it's smooth, so it's a lot of fun. Now that's Monday. We also host the world's largest mini kids, uh, kids snowmobile race. There's a little mini Z's. Um, we build them their own track. It's under the lights. And then we supply their officials. They come from our big race. So all our professional people are involved with the kids. And this thing is spectacular. I mean, people come from all over. They come from Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, Wisconsin to let these kids race. And we'll get as many as from 30 to 60 kids on a little mini Z snowmobiles. And it's a spectacle to see. And it's a lot of fun. And what we have found out over the decades is that it's a feeder system for us. We have guys racing in this race coming up Saturday, a week from today, that raced in our little mini Z. And they've been here every year, growing up in their lifestyle, and it's just part of the event. Not only that, we move into Tuesday, where we start our time trials at 10 o'clock. And we generally have over 40 teams trying to qualify for a spot in the 38 sled field, which is a full field for us. So we start time trials at 10 o'clock on Tuesday and they'll go until in the evening. And then we have the I-500 second, second annual I-500 Cornhole Tournament, which is hosted at Kuwait Casino Resort. It's indoors, obviously. It's 20 bucks for a team and the prizes are great. They're with manufacturers put up prizes like Woody's, Kuwait and Meyer type uh, prizes are in there. It's really a lot of fun and it's only 20 bucks. You can buy a beer in there and you can toss bean bags and it's all on the I-500. It's a lot of fun there. But we move from there into Wednesday. Again, time trials start at 10 o'clock and they'll go until about 5.30, 6 o'clock when at that time we take a break, we plow the track and we host a vintage race on Wednesday night. So we do open up to midweek racing, which back in the day we never did. We just waited for the main event. Now it's become a show and people like to come here and see it. That's why it's become a vacation destination for the whole family. And so Wednesday night we have racing. Then Thursday, again, time trials in the morning. And Thursday night we host the, a new race this year. It's called the 600 Pro Mod Race. And that, that has a full field, I believe, of 26 sleds in it. Right now it's going to be a fast and exciting race. 
And then um, that's Thursday night. Then Friday, oh wait, no, I'm, excuse me, that's Wednesday night. Thursday night, we host, I, I apologize, we host the Meyer Pro Shootout and it's the last chance to qualify for the big event. So some of these guys get a last minute run to try to make the big field, which is extremely exciting because it's a race in itself. And you can imagine these guys are all vying for a coveted spot on Saturday. And then Friday, we close the track and our crews are out there prepping uh, Friday night at the casino, Kuwaiti Casino. We host the 10th annual uh, Miss I-500 beauty pageant. And when I say beauty pageant, we're not just looking at exterior beauty. These girls and these women, you know, they're deep in their heart. They want to be in this thing. And it's, it's a show in itself. People can come to the casino. There's no charge. And you can set in the concert facility. And you actually get a show that's like a mini Vegas show. There's entertainment. And it's a lot of fun. Finally, we're going to bed. And Saturday morning, we're all waking up to the smell of fuel and the excitement of a full throttle going down on the thumb. And I'm telling you, at 9 o'clock, we open the race with a spectacular opening ceremony. Um, we have a scheduled flyover. Um, we have huge flags on the track like you'd see on a football field. Um, each sled has got a flag next to it, and the hoopla is just exciting. And we drop the green flag precisely at 10 a.m. on Saturday, uh, February 5th, and this is going to be a big one. We think it's probably going to be the largest I-500 we've ever had from every aspect. The involvement of the field being full to the thousands of spectators that are going to be on site. So we're excited. It's going to be a fast race because the track's in pristine shape. And these guys haven't raced here for two years. And this is the big one. They all want the I-500. Um, as a matter of fact, one of our drivers, uh, I talked to him two nights ago. He actually, he's a doctor and he lives in Louisiana and this is his only race. He doesn't race any other circuit and he drives all the way from Louisiana to Michigan over 21 hours just to race in this race. And ironically, his first time ever seeing this track was the first time he ever raced it as a rookie. So it's pretty neat to have those types of experiences coming on board. And we are giving you a show. This is going to be a big one. It's going to be a lot of fun. Now, one of the questions, if you don't mind me just kind of throwing this out there, Dave, one of the questions I get a lot of times when I'm doing interviews, now that COVID has, you know, beat us up a little bit, what about protocol for the race? Well, fortunately here at the I-500, we're outdoors. So we ask everybody to individually take responsibility of their own health and well-being. You know, use common sense. Don't be common senseless. Wear a mask. I mean, it'll keep you warm, for God's sake. So wear a mask and stay healthy, right? Yep. So that's the big thing. Distancing, obviously, we're outdoors. It's not going to be an issue for us. And we just want people to come out and have a good time. And, and believe me, Dave, they are ready, more than ready. The economic impact alone in this community in the eastern UP region is felt clear down as far south as Gaylord, Michigan, down below the bridge. And it's hit everybody hard. Vince Lombardi, Dave, he once said, for every seat of adversity, there's an equal or greater benefit. You have to find it and you have to work it. And fortunately or unfortunately, we had a tough decision to make in postponing the race last year. But it gave us as board members and leadership here of this race an opportunity to reinvent our committees and to shore things up a little bit. We took a step backwards to get a step ahead. So... This is going to be a show, and we're, we're going to be ready. We want everybody to come out and have a good time. Now, listeners, viewers, Rick went into the whole enchilada there, okay? He went into the format, the schedule. Uh, he went into everything that you need, and as I said, this will be from the fifth or sixth time I've said it just to, on this topic alone, but the i500.com has everything listed. You can access that website through your laptop, your smart TV, if you have that option, your mobile phone, your tablet. It's all at your fingertips, or better yet, just get down to the racetrack and just enjoy yeah. The events on hand. That is the whole point. You know, every you mentioned it just a few moments ago, what hit us really hard for the last couple of years. And you know what? People are always saying to myself and everybody that they want to get out, they want to start doing things. Well, guess what? 
we have something. And yes, if you're from Sioux, Michigan, close to the Michigan area, or even Sioux, Ontario, it's a bit closer to you. If you're a viewer or a listener that's listening from Europe or you're from Toronto or you're from a, another area, yeah, it may be a little difficult to get down here this week. So, but either way, you can still tune into it. Okay. And Rick, I want you to let our viewers, listeners know where they can tune into it to the exception of looking into T gems, YouTube channel for our great content. Where can they have access to watch these races? What is the stream that they can have? And the second part of this question is what if there's somebody out there that's like, Hey, I want to be a part of the, I of the I 500. I really love snow machines. I've raced before and no, not me listeners. I have not raced before. I've only been on a snow machine, about a handful of times in my life. Uh, I love speed though, but I don't think it would make sense for me. Uh, but jokes aside, if somebody wanted to join the I 500 Rick, what can they do to join? So a nice two part question for you. Okay, let's start out by looking at our website together. Yeah. Go to www.lowercasei-the-number500.com. And if you want to become a volunteer, and we take care of our volunteers, we make you feel like you're part owner of this, and it's a lot of fun, and people are great. You can get on our website, and you'll see a link where you can volunteer. Um, Wes Jordan handles our volunteer program. You contact him. He, he'll set you up. And there isn't anything that you can't do. We, we need people to shovel snow. We need people to paint. We need people to do a lot of things. And so you can volunteer and become a part of this and enjoy it. And you're serving the community. You're helping give back. And it's just a good feeling. Now, where can you view it? We just signed a contract with Flow Sports. Now, Flow Sports is going to stream this thing live. And fortunately for us, this mile over track, it's obviously very big, but at between corners uh, three and four, down at the south end of our track, it sets north and south. Um, between three and four, people don't get to see a lot of that because there's no bleacher area down there, what we call down in that area. But there's racing going down there that people really need to see. So for the first time in the history of this event, we are setting up boom lifts and we are placing cameras down in three and four. Flow Sports is going to operate it. And you can get on Flow Sports and you can watch the whole race right there. And it's just going to be spectacular. You can also visit it on our website as well. See, all the resources, countless have we said numerous times into this segment for topic two is that the website has all the information that you need. And when Rick and I got connected, he when we first talked, Rick, it was to check out the website, Dave, for all the information that you need. And literally, it has everything that you want to have from the race info, races corner, the Miss I-500, which we talked about, the pageant, admissions, shops, sponsors, vendors, local attractions, history, contact us, even a search option if you're trying to be creative and you're feeling a little feeling a little adventurous to be like, do they have this? I guarantee you they do have it. You scroll down a couple scrolls on your little mouse or your, you scroll down on your phone. There's a I 500 promo video. Okay. Fantastic video. Uh, it's not too long. Uh, it's the perfect length to see pictures and some live video and just a good, uh, obviously good shuttle at the end to where the I 500 gives uh, the quote where you say may possibly each your thanks to the help of the volunteer race teams and local business coming together collectively, as you already talked to on this point, there's a lot on that homepage on every page. That's not cluttered. So I don't mean by a lot that it's cluttered. It's a lot need to know perfect amount and perfect layout of information on that site. And again, that's uh, the www.lowercasei-number500.com. Again, that's the seventh time I've said it on this topic. So if you don't know how many, where it is, I, I give up. Okay. Like, cause we've already talked about it too. Uh, yeah. a, a very big link. Now, the last two things I want to get to with this topic, Greg, before we transition to topic three, uh, weather condition preparation. If there's a huge snowstorm on Saturday, does that affect anything? And then there's also a hashtag, hashtag SueI500 that people can use on social media, correct? Right, that is. You know what? You just brought up a really good point, Dave, and I want to share it with your people. It's it's funny because I travel around the state and, and with my job and what I do, and I, I give... Uh, presentations to snowmobile clubs and things like that throughout the state. And in doing so, one of the things that I find most interesting, you relate snowmobiling and snowmobile racing with snow. Snow is not our friend, Dave. Uh, cold is our friend. Um, snows tend to, it, when it snows, it slows us down. It creates visual effects that could put people in harm's way. So there's a lot of elements against mother nature giving us the white gold, so to speak. So what we're doing now is uh, we, we watch what we're doing. 
we, we track the weather in advance as much as possible. Um, our race director will make the call if we need to slow things down and things like that. So, you know, we're in there and, and I think this gives you a little insight. Cold is our friend. We put down water, we have an ice track and away we go. These guys are doing over 115 miles an hour, making a lap, making a lap between 22 and 27 seconds. So it's amazing. And I'll give you a little more insight in that regard. Um, I've been, a lot of times I clock pit stops when I can. And I've been finding out that most pit stops average about 24 to 27 seconds themselves. And they change drivers, they change skis, hoods, you know, windshields, whatever they got to do. Most of the teams here are represented with 14, 12 to 14 team members. And it's no different than NASCAR. When they enter pit row, they get to their site, they're swarmed like bees and they're fueling, they're doing what they have to do. They're back on the sleds and they're out. And away we go again. So it's pretty exciting. You know what? I'd like to share a little insight about spectatorship here at the I-500 that we didn't talk about before, but we all love to watch these guys. And we offer hot seats, Dave. You can buy hot seats at the I-500. You can buy them individually, or you can buy You can purchase a skybox. Um, our skyboxes are very high tech and pristine, offer a nice warmth and a nice atmosphere. And you, you have your own, basically your own little room in your apartment. And it's, it's loaded with, with uh, refrigerators and coolers and things like that. But here's, here's how this works. For 500 bucks, $500, that's all. The best kept secret in professional racing. You purchase a hot seat and, or a booth and all your food and all your beverages are supplied for the whole week. You just show up, you have a key to your apartment, you go in there, you, you have food catered to you daily, and you get all your beverages from beer, wine, hot chocolate, right through. And it's good for the whole week. So you can attend a Monday night event, you go out snowmobiling on Tuesday morning, come back, have lunch, watch some time trials, go back out and ride the trails, come back at night and watch a race. So for 500 bucks, that's the best deal in professional racing anywhere. See, and I'll sure. say right now, if anyone's linking that are numbers people, and I know I have people that are uh, accountants that listen to the show, uh, that get into a lot of the statistical analysis on our sports show. Uh, if you're doing that for six days at 500 bucks, that's only 83 bucks or so uh, for the, just to, for a full day. And that sure. just touched on free, not free, but your, your booze is included. Your food's included, your drinks are included, you have your own spot, you're in the comfort of your own area, and I could not agree more that you can't find those prices on any Hotels.com, any Airbnb, none of that. Yes, Hotels.com and Airbnb can send me a check right now, I just gave them promotion, uh, but you know what, jokes aside, $83 basically on average only per day, that is a killer of a deal, okay, and you get a full week of just thrilling exhilarating action uh, at the I-500 uh, taking place through St. Marie, Michigan. Yeah. And as I mentioned, the hashtag Sue I-500. If you're at the event, if you're riding your snow machine, even if you're not at the event for whatever reason, you can just do that hashtag. Let's get it going on social media. Everything is trendy. Everything is trending as well, which is two different things. Uh, so you can make sure you can have that and use that hashtag uh, to stay in the conversation uh, through social media. Now, Rick, going to transfer over to topic three here uh, in terms of going into the riders. Okay. Now, the riders, we're going to have a couple interviews going through uh, throughout the, uh, the week. Uh, but there is involvement and enrollment of some superior riders, okay? Uh, some of which, as I mentioned, we'll hear from through this mini podcast series. But what can people expect, such as who is a favorite that you can mention if there's multiple? Who's an underdog uh, or if there's multiple? Overall, what's, what can people expect going into this week? Well, you know what? Uh, we, you, you find that people are brand loyal, aren't they? In most cases, uh, you guys got you got a Polaris sled, you're gonna follow the Polaris guys. You know, you got an Arcticat, you're gonna follow those guys. That's kind of what we see in a trend. And of course, there's always the mix of uh, factory sponsored teams like Polaris, where you have Gabe Bunky, who's won this thing numerous times. Corey Davison's another one. Troy DeWalt. Matter of fact, Troy DeWalt. This is pretty interesting. If you don't mind me taking just a moment. Oh, you definitely uh, had my friend. 
Okay, about six years ago, I was contacted by Speed Vision. Are you familiar with Speed Vision? It's a show about racing in, in high octane involvement. And they contacted me from Los Angeles. They're going to send a crew here and they want to follow somebody and they want some a different story. Well, at that time, Articat, I believe it was our 45th race. And at that time, Articat was the only brand snowmobile that had never won this race. Even Mercury, even Johnson. I mean, you look back in the day when they made those uh, snowmobiles that the ski base were only 36 inches apart and the top speed was 35 miles an hour, right? Articat was not in the mix. Well, Troy had won this our 44th race on a Skidoo in BRP products, okay? But he saw an opportunity to possibly be the first one to ever win for Articat. So he jumped ship and he went to Articat. And the following year, Speed Vision contacted me. They wanted to do a story. And I thought, you know, he changed. He went to Articat. They've never won it. Why don't we, why don't we follow him? Speed Vision had contacted the manufacturer, talked about the sled and the specs of the sled, and they built a story around that. And in turn, they sent a crew here to obviously put a show together featuring Troy DeWalt. And their purpose was they were going to compare snowmobile endurance racing with uh, against Baja racing. So they did a story of Troy and endurance racing, snowmobile endurance racing, and they paired it up with a race out in New Mexico, a Baja race, and they show the difference and the likenesses of professionals in what they do in their arena. Well, Troy crashed in midweek time trials on Thursday. Now, mind you, you have to finish this race on the sled you're qualifying on. And he had qualified. He was doing a hot lap, and he lost it, and he crashed. Okay, he went to the hospital. And later that night, it was about 11.30 or 12 at night, I saw somebody on the back berm along the back straightaway standing on a snowbank by himself. And I thought, it's kind of late for someone to be here. I'm going down there and check it out. I get down there, it's Troy DeWalt. And he's got his arm in a sling. Uh, he had a broken collarbone. Um, he, had, he was bruised up with bad, bad rib problems, okay? And I approached him and I said, what are you doing here? I thought you were in the hospital. He said, no, they, obviously I'm out, they let me go. And I said, so how are things? What'd they say? They said, we recommend you don't race. Okay, Speed Vision is, is gonna film him and they just lost their poster child, so to speak, because of this. They said, you got to find somebody. While I was talking to Troy, he goes, I'm racing. I said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> You know, you're bruised, you, you can cause problems. Well, our race director put together a program for him so he'd be tested. And we found out that, yeah, he could handle it. Ironically, he won that race. Oh, my God. <laughs> Broken collarbone, bruised ribs, a sled that was destroyed. Parts were overnighted. They took care of the sled, put it back in shape, and he was on it racing Saturday morning. So from Thursday night to Saturday, it was a scramble for that team, and he pulled it off. Amazing story. Okay. Now, I remember breaking my collarbone. I was sleeping on a, on a, a lazy boy chair for three months, and I couldn't lift jack, jack shit, okay? I couldn't do anything, okay? And, ah. and, and Troy goes out, broke collarbone, rib issues, bruised up, full yep. throttle on a sled, and he wins that. That is Okay, are you sure he had no hockey player background in his day? That's oh, a tough, uh, that's me, a tough, tough cookie right there. Tough cookie. Uh, let me tell you, he's fifty-three years old. He, this guy is a brute, and uh, I sometimes I talk to these drivers when it's off season, and I'll call and talk to him. And more than once, I've called Troy, and his mother said, "Well, he's out chopping wood, getting prepped for the I five hundred, and that's in July." Okay, <laughs> now these guys are athletes, every one of them. This is a grueling race. Actually, it's so grueling that the machines outlast the riders. They've become faster, heavier, quicker. I mean, it, you've got to be in shape to do this. Many times during the race, I see people come into pit, they change drivers, a guy gets off the sled and he's on a bike. 
and he's pedaling and waiting for his turn to take it again. So it's a tough race and it's tough on these guys. That was certainly a story in itself. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he it, it turned out to be really exciting for everybody and Speed got their show, but I thought I'd just share that little tidbit with you. Oh, they would, listeners will love those kind of stories. That is hearts right there. And keyword right. you mentioned, snow machiners, mobilers, whatever somebody wants to call them. Okay, they are athletes. Okay, I know people question NASCAR, snow machining, and all that. Those are athletes. Okay, it is a different level, a different thrill. Yes, it's not your typical four core sports that you are used to hearing in both Canada, United States. All right, but you know what? It is a sport that is that takes a lot of heart, takes a lot of idea, and obviously with this story, that is a prime example. Okay, that there's a lot of tough riders out there and they go through a lot and risk a lot. Okay, if you anyone wants a fun fact, okay, the fastest ever speed record for fastest snowmobile was actually on Lake Nipissing in North Bay. Uh, somebody had 277 kilometers an hour, which relates to 172 miles per hour. That is. <laughs> That is the world record, and that guy's name is Chris Hansen. He is from the United States of America, and it was back March. Uh, it was on the 13th of March, 2004. Okay, and you mentioned in this event, this these these riders are going 120, 130, right? They're hitting the high level, and that's not too far off that. And if you're in a vehicle, okay, if you don't know that 120 is fast, okay, that is very fast. You ever roll down your window in a car and stick your hand out it quick, safely, you'll know how fast that is, okay? Motorcyclists, right? Um, my dad's an avid motor motorcyclist. He had a Harley Davidson for years. He still has a custom and he's went on the highway. He's throttled it down and you got to hold on tight. Okay. It's different than being in a vehicle. It's very different and it's exhilarating. And these are true athletes, if not just as strong, if not better uh, than athletes in the quote unquote core four sports. Well, Dave, let, let me interrupt you a minute. Let me share this thought with you. You, yes. you look at NASCAR. Now this whole event was based around the NASCAR theory, yeah. you know, a bunch of guys back in the late sixties, a bunch of guys, six guys sat in a restaurant, looked across the street and there's a, a Camaro, a Z28 Camaro white with orange racing stripes. And one of them looked out there and saw it. it was the official pace car of the Indy 500 that year. And one of them said, you think we could make our sleds go that long and that fast? You know, let's try it. Well, that started things. Now look at it. Now you take NASCAR where they're doing an excess of 200 miles an hour. They've got Hans devices, roll bars, and the cages are in there. Okay. You take our, our event and they're doing not 200, but they're doing 115 to 125 miles an hour in a pack of 38 split seconds apart. And they have Kevlar vests. They have nothing, no roll cages. I mean, they got a helmet. There's no Hans device and they're split seconds apart. And it's not, uncommon that they cannot even see each other at times because of the snow dust created. Now, we take measures to keep that down as we stop, we slow the race down, stop it every 100, uh, 100 laps, and we have big major equipment coming out, road graders and such, and we plow the track. And that helps keep that dust down. And of course, the wind helps if we have some wind, that'll move it too. But these guys are coming down there, split seconds apart, and sometimes they can't even see each other. I mean, it is a grueling sport. I have the utmost respect for all these guys as athletes, you know, and they're safe. They're, they're brotherhood, brotherhood. They're looking out for each other, and they're using common sense when they race. They realize we don't have to win this thing in the first 50 laps. We don't have to. We can do a whole shot, and we're going to go like hell, but then we're going to time ourselves and we're going to pace ourselves and we're going to make it work. As you know, things happen. People drop out, people crash. I mean, it's part of the, the event, but smart drivers are thinking, using their heads. They're not winning it in the first 50 laps and they're safe. And that's, we provide one of the safest races in the world looking out for these guys and they look out for each other. So, you know, the HR and me, Rick, is saying that we love that. Okay, the sports person is also saying that we love that because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to see anyone get hurt. You don't want to see anyone not be careless. You just want to see the 
overall action of the sport and sure. it was supposed to be enjoyed with that sport. All right. And, you know, we're going to cut, we're going to segue towards the conclusion of our segment here, Rick, before I do that, I want to make sure I give a promotion and shout out to the top room at Norton Superior Brewing Company, Norton Superior Brewing Company located on 50 Pimp Street in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. I sit here right now talking to you holding a Houndtown golden ale. Okay. I promote this on all of our, uh, all of our new shows, and all the shows with the game sports show uh, in particular, our top shelf edition, which is our hockey show uh, in particular with the game sports show, uh, but sitting here having a beer, it's probably born in the Sioux and Sioux St. Marie, Ontario. So make sure uh-huh. you check them out uh, in terms of if you want to have a nice cold beverage. And sure. as I mentioned, the T gem network, make sure you like, follow, subscribe on YouTube and uh-huh. Moving the product placement aside, getting towards the end of the show, you know, we went into the health and safety measures, you know, but in this sport, Rick, I'm sure you've seen some accidents in your day. Okay. I'm sure you've seen a couple, not as severe as others, more severe than others, whatever the term may be. Is there any one of those particular accidents that may have occurred that really stick out to you? I know you just had a nice story about Troy, of course, uh, or have you ever not seen an accident? Maybe, maybe I'm just assuming, uh, but obviously uh, the safety measures in place, I don't mean just the I-500. You can take this story outside of the I-500 if you'd like to. I would like you just kind of go background uh, about if there's a particular accident that sticks out in your mind that you- There is, yeah. there is, Dave. Um, it's funny you should say that, and there is, and this is very unique, and I, I'm not going to mention names. I'm just going to tell you the episode and what happened. Um, obviously, it's very competitive. Let's start there, and these guys look out for each other. We have the best officiating crew that anybody could ask for in the endurance racing arena, and our race control people monitor everything. They are the backbone of this event. And when they make the call, it, it stays. They're like God where they overlook us, okay? And our race our race control people, along with our, our race committee, our track officials, provide a safe race. I'll give you an example. Over the last 10 years, we've sent six people to the hospital and only one of them stayed. So that pays tribute to our race control people, Dan Burrow, and, and um, Ralph LaCourcier, Gina Fox, those people, they've got it together and they, they really keep it a safe race. That's their job here. They're professionals at it. And they communicate well with our race committee, our race officials and our race director down on the track. So we do provide a safe measure beyond measurable um, tactics. Now, that being said, one time that I can remember, um, we had, a, we had a racer. He was coming out of turn three, going into turn four, shooting down the straightaway, heading north to turn one, and never turned. Never turned. And he crashed. Fortunately, he was okay. But here's the gist of this little story. I asked him um, at the awards ceremony, you know, what were you thinking? What happened? What what crossed your mind? As you're coming down the straightaway, you were getting on it. Why, why didn't you make the turn? And he said, well, I was thinking, why won't this turn? Okay. And I said, so what happened? I lost the ski coming out of four. <laughs> so he drove that half mile at top speeds and only had one ski and didn't even know it until he got to the curb. And then it was straight through into the bales and... You know, fortunately, he wasn't hurt. He, he bruised up. You know, his his ego was hurt. You know, his sled was hurt. But that stuck in my mind. I just, if, if you're a spectator and you put yourself in the mindset of a driver, what goes on in that helmet? What, you're by yourself in your own little world. Now, I've had, I've been really fortunate and I, I've had the experience of going to race teams throughout the race and I'm there when they make their pit stops. And one of them said, hey, he's coming in. You want to talk to him? I said, sure. They gave me the headset. Now, this is crazy. They gave me the headset, and he's racing. He's going for it. And I have the headset on, and all I can hear is his verbiage and his breathing. I didn't hear the motor. I didn't hear anything. It's so quiet in there. So as I spoke to him, I said, hey, how's it going? 
He goes, yeah, I'm coming in. Grab me a sandwich. I want to talk to you. <laughs> okay. But what goes through their minds? You're in the helmet. It's what's in the helmet that counts. You've got a million things going on. You've got to control the sled. You've got to control your speed. You've got to look out for everybody else around you. You've got to navigate beyond any time you've ever done it before. And each one is different. So you're navigating something different every race, right? But if you can imagine what it's like inside that helmet and what could be going through their minds. Now, a couple of guys, I've walked by their sleds in the starting grid and there's notes on their dashboard. Go fast, don't fall off, those kind of things. Don't forget to turn left, you know, little inspiration things that they have, which is kind of neat, right? But they all share in the same camaraderie, every one of them. But I, many times I think to myself, wow, what goes on in their minds? And, you know, one of them says, well, I said, what do you do about the bathroom? And he said, what do you do about the bathroom? You go on the sled. You go and you got to do it. You know what I mean, Dave? It's just the way it is. Where it depends. I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> you know? Keep, you warm. Keep you warm for a couple of seconds. Then that will probably freeze up. Unless number two happens. Okay. Yeah. Then you've got different problems. <laughs> yeah. We got ice on the track. We got ice on the sled. We're doing okay. <laughs> I love that. That's great. You know what? That's funny. You mentioned what goes on in the head. That's the thing in all sports. Sports is a hundred percent mental. Uh, well, maybe, sure. maybe it's less. Sorry. I, I probably shouldn't say a hundred percent, but you know, when you're in the game, if you're in the race, you're on the field, you're on the track on the, whatever your circumstance is, it is mental. Are you in the right headspace? Are you thinking, are you utilizing your teammates? Are you taking right. care of yourself? You know, there's a lot of factors. Yes. The physical ability, the rest before, etc. But all biggest point that we are discovering more in the world of sports in the past decade is that mental end that is a lot more important. They'll get you to that end. Okay. And that is what you bring up. Such a great point. What's going on in the helmet and in between the ears, if you will, you said you put on the headset, what's going on in between the ears. Now, Rick, let me tell you, if you were on my end of the microphone with me zooming, I'd probably be singing a song or listening to music because that gets me in that zone to, you know, focus or you know what? I'd probably be talking to myself about a bunch of nonsense, probably talk about sports or I'd be talking about how, how freaking cold it is or something, whatever it may be. But riders have a different yeah. view and that's what makes it right. so interesting. And you've got to hear somebody when you put on the, put on the earphones, uh, what they're saying, what they're thinking. I imagine there's some people that are just quiet the whole time, right? Cause they're so focused me. I can't stand silence, Rick. Anybody that knows me knows that. Right. right. Well, I put Bob Seger regime in my helmet. You know, <laughs> I do my own concerts. You know, I swear in there. I yell in there. I laugh in there. And uh, just don't be common senseless. Right. Literally. So what you're doing, Dave, is you're bringing the mental state to the physical state. Yeah. And in doing so, you're you're managing that machine. But you've got to be aware of everything that's around you and what's coming at you all the time. So that's what makes these guys true professionals. That's what makes our race uh, committee and, and people that run this race, like Dan Burrow and, and Ralph, of course, from up top in the perch looking down. That's what makes it happen, okay? It all comes together. And you take the elements of uh, drivers and you take the elements of officials and you bring them together. And to only have six people go to the hospital in 10 years, it says a lot, not only about us as a, as a host, but as each team, each driver, and the camaraderie they share in the brotherhood, looking out for each other, and still be competitive. 150%. And it's exciting as hell, yeah. okay, people? I, as a Canadian, have to go across the border right now is a little bit of a hassle. Uh, it's a little bit easier for the Americans to come over to us. Uh, we don't have to get into political reasons. It's not that type of show, uh, but there is certainly ways to, you could still go across if you're Canadian. Uh, if you're a local in Sault Ste. Marie, there's still ways to get there. Uh, if you're anywhere around the region, get down to the track, enjoy it. If not, make sure you check out the stream or get involved, check out the website as I mentioned. Now, this has been David McKeg with the Game Sports Show powered by the Game Entertainment Media, TGEM, and a special show to Borderline Radio. Now, Rick, now that we're leading towards the closing, I want to give you the floor for the next minute or two. Yes, we went a little bit over time than we expected, but that's good because we got into a lot of detail uh, about this race and about yourself and history. But 
Again, I know you touched a lot on it on topic two, uh, so you don't have to get into that because, you know, you went into great detail about the whole part of the event. But I want you to remind our viewers and listeners about specific information of the I-500 that is needed to know uh, as we get into our closing. Well, you know, we entertain a lot of people, Dave. And one of the questions I get asked about is COVID protocol. COVID struck us all hard, okay? But we're coming together collectively. We're gonna beat this thing, maybe not totally out of our lives, but we're gonna beat it down, right? And we're gonna to try to make it as normal as possible. So we wanna make it clear to everybody, let's not tax anybody as far as our health industry and being able to serve the people. We want you to be mindful and use common sense. Don't be common senseless. You know, take individual responsibility, wear a mask, and just give consideration to everybody around you. And we want you here. So come on out and have a good time. Enjoy what we've got to offer throughout the week, and especially on race day, because you're going to see the best, fastest, longest, toughest, most grueling endurance race in the world. And it's the I-500 here at Sault Ste. Marie. All up turns from here, Dave. Perfect. And it is, this has been a great first show of our mini podcast series. A lot of big things to come. And I want to say thank you uh, for taking the time, Rick. It's been, as I mentioned, a great episode, but I know we'll be in touch for multiple projects uh, in the future. And then of course, throughout the week, of course, and going forward for the I-500. But it was a pleasure doing this recording with you. Listeners had a real treat here. Hey, it's been my pleasure, Dave. It's a real treat. And we want to thank you as well as other media avenues for helping us promote this sport. It's not totally about the I-500. It's about the sport in general. And we need to keep it alive. Okay, so I, I speak on behalf of the board of directors. I am only one of nine. And there's no difference between me and anybody else. We all share at the same level. We have a lot of mutual respect. And we just want you people to come out and enjoy the best show that you're going to see in snowmobile racing here at the I-500. Now, as I mentioned, we've all talked about things we haven't been able to do for the past 700 plus days. Here it is, people that are local in the area or looking for something to watch if you're unable to go to the event. Lots of options to check out something thrilling and very oh. exciting. The Michigan, the I-500 taking place in Sault Ste. Marie, uh, Michigan. Now, thanks again to Rick and thanks to all the viewers of the listeners of the game sports show, TGEM the game entertainment and media, the network channel on YouTube, and also the borderline special shout out to Adrian Valaka, an absolute stud that fella is. And a huge part of this podcast series, uh, T gem, of course, as I mentioned, and much more a part of the game sports show family, please hit like phone, subscribe and all the T gem network platforms. Trust me. You won't be disappointed. Also social media revolving around T gem and the game sports show, Facebook and Instagram, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, we're all over Amazon, Apple, Podbean, Spotify, Google, you can't miss us. Search us on Google. We're right there. Lots of options. Listen to the Game Sports Show and the TGEM Network. Now, remember to check out the i500.com website for necessary detail information. And that's a yet another reminder for almost a dozen time on the show. So make sure you're following that along uh, for the Michigan I-500 throughout the week. In particular, ensuring that you're following TGEM and TGSS, the Game Sports Show, uh, as we have more great content coming beyond this first episode. Now, getting to the closing here. It's the first time Rick's going to hear it. Getting to my signature sign-off, closing by yours truly. I'm here to remind you to keep your stick on the ice, swing your bats, catch your touchdowns, drain your threes, and shoot your shots. Oh, and for pun's sake, for the I-500, keep the throttle down. Booyah.